Hi, it's uh, Dr. Wint, and I'm here to talk to you about Dupuytren's disease. It's been a few years since I uh, updated my podcast, and there's been some developments in the past couple of years which are really interesting. Uh, two main things are needle laparotomy and Zyaflex. We're going to talk about those things and also talk a little bit about surgery as well. Let me just say the purpose of this is not to inform the world. The purpose of this is for my own patients who may have talked to me in the office to hear what I have to say again. A lot of times, uh, and if the doctor's office, one can speak very fast, throw a lot of information at someone. And so what I've done is try to put these down so people can hear the same thing again. In addition, uh, I'm really reading from a script uh, things that I wrote up and put on my website and put on our uh, office's Facebook page um, that all the surgeons in my office sat down and agreed to and talked about. And it's based on information from the American Society for Surgery of the Hand, information from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, information from several manufacturers, and information from some studies. So here we go. It's kind of a synthesis of everything that's new in Dupuytren's. Now to review, in mild cases of Dupuytren's disease, you really only need observation. For more severe cases, there's a lot of techniques available to straighten the fingers. And the best thing, if you're coming to this and you're not a patient in our office, is talk to your treating surgeon and find out the method that seems most appropriate for your condition based upon the stage of the disease, the joints involved, the degree of contracture. I mean, the goal of any treatment is to improve finger position and thereby hand function. Uh, however, uh, despite the treatment, the disease process may recur. And before treatment, you should learn about the incidence of recurrence, the time frame involved, and make an educated decision. So the types of treatment may include unilaparotomy, partial or complete fasciectomy and limited release, as well as collagenase injections or Zyaflex injections and even cortisone injections in a nodule. And the rationale, again, depends upon the treating physician and the patient. Now, the typical treatment for this is surgical fasciectomy. Either partial or complete uses open incisions and the cords and nodules are removed. There's an open aponeurotomy or fasciotomy, which uses a small incision, and some uh, research is being done, a, really a limited open procedure where you're actually taking cords out or partially doing it through an incision. But most people talk about the two new methods involving a needle aponeurotomy, sometimes called NA, which is sometimes referred to as PA, which is percutaneous aponeurotomy, or a percutaneous needle fasciotomy, PNF, or even an incisional fasciotomy or open fasciotomy, they're all really the same thing. I like to call it NA or needle aponeurotomy. Needle aponeurotomy uses a small gauge needle or occasionally a microblade, a very tiny, tiny blade, as a cutting device to sever the abnormal cords of tissue in the palm and digits, which cause the fingers to flex down. The tissue is not removed, it is essentially perforated or cut in multiple places along the palm. Imagine you have a rubber band and you uh, cut it in multiple places, you're stretching it out, or a, or a piece of fabric that you're perforating and cutting and you're stretching it out. 
So that's the principle behind uh, needle operotomy. You're releasing the contracture, but not removing the tissue. Um, the other new development is collagenase, which is an injection of a collagenase, which is an enzyme. Enzyme is, uh, the brand name for that is known as Zyaflex. Uh, collagenase is an enzyme that digests a structural protein in tissues. Zyaflex is a collagenase derived from a bacteria called Clostridium histolyticum. And it's a mixture of several types of collagenase titrated through achieved digestion of tissues of cords that are present in the hands of those who have Dupuytren's disease. So the idea behind it is an enzyme eats tissue, or in this case, eats proteins. Collagen is the main protein in all your tissues, your bone, your skin, your tendon, your muscles, your nails, your hair. But there's different types of collagens in different types of tissues. So this medication called Zyaflex, it's a collagenase from a bacteria, but it's been developed so it preferentially attacks the Dupuytren's tissue. Now, it doesn't make it all melt away. It only really makes it, makes it go away in a small area. And if you add up the little perforations from the needle apodotomy and you compare it to the space from the uh, Zyaflex, my feeling it's probably the same amount of tissue separation that you're getting. But that's my feeling, my opinion. I don't have any scientific basis for that. In addition, uh, corticosteroid injections have been used for several years probably coming more into favor recently because a lot of surgeons who are now doing needle operotomy are using cortisone or corticosteroid injections when they're doing needle operotomy. Now that hasn't been studied. Uh, I know there is a trial going on. Uh, you might find it if you look up it on, on, on clinicaltrials.gov and search for Dupuytren's disease. And I'll probably put that link up on the website. But when you um, uh, inject a thickened nodule, a round part, or a little lump. With cortisone, it probably softens up. If you have an area of very thick cord that you can't rupture too well with needle operotomy, an injection will often soften that up. And the question is whether cortisone helps or delays the recurrence when it comes back from needle operotomy, or does it have just a limited effect? I know that for a patient that I see in the office that might have a swollen, painful nodule that's isolated, you don't recommend taking that out. But occasionally, I've given someone a cortisone injection that's made them feel better. It doesn't mean that every nodule that you see, especially the, the, the ones that are fairly firm and aren't irritated or isolated, every nodule doesn't get a cortisone injection. But in some selected cases, I think it helps. So the important considerations overall is that the presence of a lump in the palm does not mean that surgery or treatment is required, um, or that the disease will progress. In other words, there's no way to know if you have a lump at age 45 or 55 or 65 what you're going to be like in 15 to 20 years. Um, obviously, if you have a strong family history, if you're a younger age, you're probably going to progress. You have more time to progress. But there's no way that I can tell someone if they come in the office, if they have a lump, where they're going to be five years from now. Um, the correction of finger position is best accomplished with milder contractures, 
which makes sense, and contractures that affect the base of the finger. Complete correction sometimes cannot be obtained. Um, if you have a 110 degree contracture, you're not going to get out to zero degrees. If you have a 50 degree contracture, you have a much greater chance, and that's been pretty well studied. It makes sense. You know, the worse you are, you may get just as improvement, but a 50 degree improvement is going to take a 50 degree finger and straighten it out, and a 50 degree improvement is only going to take a 100 degree finger and only bring out the 50. And it's not exactly that, but the principle is that the very severe contractures may not get better. Especially in the middle joints of the finger, or what we call the PIP joints. Not the knuckles that you see when you make a fist, but the ones that are just past that. For example, the one when you're wearing your ring, on your ring finger, the one just past that towards the finger. Uh, skin grafts sometimes are required to cover open areas when surgery is done. We're doing open procedures, removal of cord tissue. Uh, the nerves that provide feeling the fingertips are often intertwined with the cords and may be affected by any treatment, whether it be surgery, needle laparotomy, or even injection of Zyaflex. Splinting and hand therapy are often required after surgery and other treatments, although the requirements for splinting and therapy are typically dramatically reduced for the more limited open procedures like NA or for Zyaflex. And typically what I've seen is that patients don't really need therapy. I give them a splint to wear at nighttime for a few weeks and they're fine. Uh, obviously every case is different, but that's a typical scenario as opposed to doing open surgery when patients spend several months in therapy and typically wore a night splint for several months afterwards. And the main thing is all treatments for Treat all treatments, excuse me, for Dupuytren's may involve the risk of tendon, nerve, joint, skin, injury, infection, stiffness, as well as other conditions. You get an allergic reaction to the medication. You can have a tendon rupture from the needle. You can have a tendon rupture from the surgery. Nothing is without risk. Um, we already know that Dupuytren's may present as a small lump or a thickened cord. Uh, and advanced cases may extend to the finger. And... Uh, and main thing about needle laparotomy is the cord may be released without the need for a standard incision. And Zyaflex is a collagenase that's injected in the cord to dissolve a small segment of the cord to treat the contracture. So that's a summary. Um, there are some early results um, which may correlate needle laparotomy and Zyaflex, in my opinion. I think they're comparable. Uh, I don't have a sense in my own practice about how frequently uh, Zyaflex patients need to come in. I know there's been some clinical trials, but uh, I don't have a sense on my own. The drug has only been around for public consumption by someone like myself who's not involved in a clinical trial since March of 2010. Um, thus far, my feeling is it's comparable to needle operotomy. Uh, the main thing is that um, I know there is some literature that's based on the phase one clinical trials that collagenase injections work better for MP joint or the contractures involving where the finger meets the palm than for PIP, that same joint that goes out further, and works better for lower severity contractures than for higher severity contractures, which is no surprise because that's a typical response anyway.
Ideally, I think that patients for collagenase injections should have a well-defined cord uh, that's strung away from the tendons. <clears throat> and the worst patient is probably someone who has a small finger IP contracture that's more than 50 degrees. It's been there for 5 or 10 years. Because collagenase can only affect the cord itself, won't be able to act on the secondary tissues that have changed. In other words, if the joint is really stiff from being bent for a long time. You can get rid of the cord, but you won't be able to necessarily help the joint. And you don't want the medicine getting close to the joint or tendons. You don't want something else to happen. And uh, not only do I believe that, but that is from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons in a recent news bulletin in October. And the reference is on the website. Uh, if you want more information, documents, you can go to the Facebook site. It's the Hand Center of Western Massachusetts Facebook site. And there's a separate uh, FBML or Facebook markup language tag for Dupuytren's disease. And also on our main website at www.handctr.com, there is a section about Dupuytren's disease. I, the link is now on the front page. And there are also additional links to uh, more information um, for patients of, of uh, ours or mine who are listening to this because I, I've told them to go listen to it. If you have more questions, uh, you can give me a call. Um, thank you.